You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Throughout these past couple months, we've covered a lot of different topics, some interesting topics um, that often we don't talk about so much in church, especially in our life groups. We've been looking at them. Um, and so we've looked so far at our understanding that wisdom comes from a correct relationship with God. If we want to be wise and God's not part of the equation, doesn't matter how many university degrees you have, does not make you wise. Wisdom comes from our relationship with God and a reverence for Him. And if God, if we are in alignment with God, that is the starting point of wisdom. Everything else in our life, we start to make wise decisions if God is first and foremost in our lives. Every other decision we make is tainted by wrong ideas. It's our own understanding. And we have a finite understanding of the future. We have a finite understanding of this world. And again, the most educated people in the world still lack wisdom. You can have knowledge, but not wisdom. And I tell you what, wisdom is making the right decisions for our good, for the the future we have. And God wants our good. He wants us to, when he created you, he didn't want you to learn just by failure after failure after failure. He wants you to succeed in the plans he has for your life. But it can't be done your way. It has to be done his way. And his way requires us to listen to him, to put him first. We've been encouraged to humble our hearts, to guard our hearts before him, to do the things that God loves and not do the thing God hates. We've, we've, we were, um, we were encouraged last week to listen to what God is saying to us. And this morning we're going to transition from listening to speaking. How many of you like to talk? Come on, let's be honest. We all like to talk, don't we? We like our voice to be heard. Some maybe more than others, but that's okay. We all like to be heard. We, we like to be able to communicate. I think probably all of us have said something, though, at some point in our lives that we wish we could pull back after it's left the mouth. How many have had those moments where you've said something and then you keep saying things because you realized that wasn't the right thing to say? And then you try to dig yourself out, but you're going further down instead of out. I think we've had these moments and you just wish, okay, let the ground swallow me up at this moment because I'd rather not keep going. We're going to start with a couple passages that uh, we're going to look at about six passages in Proverbs this morning on different aspects about our speech. And there are actually far more than that. But I thought I need to I need to narrow it. Otherwise, we'll be here for a long time. Proverbs 1019. Sin is not ended by multiple multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. What a good one, isn't it? Next one, Proverbs 17, 27 to 28. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. The first instruction that we're looking at this morning is a good one. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. Not physically. Hold it. You see, there are, there are, there's wisdom at times not saying anything. You know, there are times that we all have an opinion. There are times that we feel certain things. There are times that, that 
that uh, we have a mind in a certain situation that others are going through. Whatever. But there are times that wisdom is to say nothing. Uh, wisdom is knowing when those moments are. But there are moments that um, I think often we, we, we start speaking when we ought not to. And I, I remember arguing with my parents when I was young. And uh, I don't know if you remember these moments arguing with your parents. Maybe it was just me, but there was a line. And if I kept talking, I crossed that line. And I could see the anger growing in mom and dad. And I just had to say one more sentence and I crossed the line. And suddenly, whatever was the repercussion before just magnified. Uh, it, 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 the wisdom was to stop when I was pushing that boundary but then the foolishness is to keep talking only to my own peril. Now, I've also been in meetings with pastors, and I find it very interesting. Generally speaking, this is the case, is uh, when we're in a meeting, we're talking about an issue or something kind of affecting the church as a whole. And often when we start raising a question, it'll be the young guys, the young pastors that will speak the first. They'll give all their opinions, their thoughts, and everything else. And it will often be the very last person to speak will be the oldest pastor in the room. And often it's, what do you think? We've heard nothing from you. And then they say something that's only three lines long. You think, wow, that was deep. That was heavy or that was, that was profound. I had a good friend in, in, uh, in Brighton. He, he passed away with a brain tumor from the Oasis Church. And he was one of those kind of strong, silent type pastors. And he was always in a meeting. He was always just kind of thinking. And you thought, what is he thinking? Because whenever he did say something, it was really good. And so we'd always kind of, after our discussion or kind of near the end, we always re realized he hadn't said anything. We wanted to hear from Andrew. Andrew, what do you have to say? And he would say something that would just articulate so well what all of us maybe struggled to put into words, but we tried very hard to put into words. One thing I've learned as I'm getting older is there are times I need to be listening and not talking. And for some of us, that can be a real challenge. We might be people that like to speak our mind, but you know what? Sometimes the world doesn't need to know what's in your mind. Sometimes the world does not need to know what you're thinking at that moment. Sometimes it's wiser to say nothing at all and let your silence speak of a wisdom. This is a, this is something that we need the Holy Spirit for. Because again, we can, I think we can fall on two ends of a spectrum here. I think there are already silent people in this room that need to find their lung or find their voice. You know, you might be someone who often sits quiet. Okay, so fair enough, you need to learn to speak. But for the others, the other side of that pendulum, you, you need to learn. There are moments when the Holy Spirit says, okay, that's enough. You need to not say anything right now. Even though you've got the answer for that person, that person doesn't need to hear your answer right now. They need to find it from me or they need to have a, a, a different response from you. Do you know what? It might be a real surprise to someone, even after this message, if you just don't say something. When they're expecting you to jump right in with your comment, if you just hold your tongue. I believe this is wisdom from God. Do you know what? Does God do that with us? There are times that God remains quiet, doesn't he? Is God always speaking, 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 speaking? You know, we're just, he's constantly chattering away at us. No, it's not like that. There are times where we silence our heart and we say, oh, what's your why? Sometimes there are gaps in his voice so that we are discerning 
we are listening. We are pressing in. There's, there's a strength that we, we grow from in, in just trusting that He's there. I think often for many of us, when we go through those kind of dark moments of our lives, the, the wilderness experiences, there are times where we feel maybe God's voice is much quieter or much more silent than, than others. And it isn't that God isn't wanting to communicate, but there is wisdom in God. He knows what He's refining in our hearts by not saying everything all the time. But the same thing goes for us. And the relationships we have around us, there's wisdom in not always speaking. Wisdom in not always speaking. And so the first point is, is learning to hold your tongue. Learning to hold your tongue. Are your words many? Maybe you need to limit the flow. Are you someone who's always the one talking in a conversation? Maybe there's time now we, you need to learn to start listening. I've also discovered that if I'm the one talking all the time, it's very difficult to hear what the other person is saying. Correct? It, it, it requires us to stop talking. I always find it interesting in other cultural contexts when everyone talks at the same time. I, when we travel, or I know Albania is kind of like this. I think the Italians are a little bit like this, where everyone just... And you think, who's listening? Who's listening to all of this going on? You know, I've seen this exchange... I'm not to judge because I don't, I don't know what they're saying. But the point is, is that there is value in listening and there's a value in holding our tongues when we're prompted to by the Spirit. The second one is, uh, we're going to read these two verses as we carry on. Proverbs 13.3 Those who guard their lips pervert, uh, preserve, sorry, preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly come to ruin. Those who guard their lips. So, first point is hold your tongue. First rule of thought, hold your tongue. You're in a situation. What is wisdom? Hold my tongue. If I need to say something, I guard what I say. I, I, I guard what I, I choose my words carefully. You see, to guard your mouth is to protect, protect what is coming out because our words have power. I, I think we, we underestimate the power of our tongue. I mean, James kind of really, you know, a whole forest is set ablaze with one spark and sometimes one word, one rash word said at the wrong moment when we didn't hold our tongue or we didn't choose our words wisely can destroy someone's life, can cause bondage in someone's existence because we say something out of anger or we say something out of a lack of understanding. We, we give way to the flesh and not to the spirit and we say something that we regret, but the re- that person carries that word with them for the rest of their lives. Unless God sets them free from it. You see, our words have the power to bring life or death, which is, which is what we see as a test or a, a test that we can use for language. In Proverbs 12, 21, 23, it says, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. You see, death words are words that pull down. Right? They're words that, that minimize. They're, they're, they're words that slander. They're, they're words that discourage. Take courage out of people's lives. They're, they're, they're negativity that, that, that speaks over someone else's existence. I'm sure all of us can remember someone saying something to us very negative when we were a child. And yet we still, if we, if we think about it, it plays on us even now. Especially when there are people who are significant to us, a parent or a teacher or, or someone that we would have thought would have encouraged us, but said the very opposite. And those words have power in the soul of someone else. Don't think that what you say has no meaning or has no long-term effect. Everything that we says, say has effect. 
And that's why we, go, we, we hold our tongue when we shouldn't speak. But when we do speak, we choose carefully the words we say. So we, we know in English this term, we think before we speak. We say this, don't we? Think before you speak. But sometimes the words get out before we're thinking about what we're speaking. Or we're, we're listening to the Spirit. Knowing what He has to say to the situation. Gossip, slander, false accusations, words that dishonor. These are all words that bring death. I think the challenge is that our old nature loves that side of things. Loves the dark side. It's so easy to to gossip, isn't it? I mean, who doesn't like that? I mean, the Proverbs talks about gossip is like a, a morsel. It's like a... Mm, I, I just, I heard something and I want to tell you about this person. And oh, maybe even comes as a prayer request. <laughs> we really need to pray for so and so because you will never guess what happened to them. <laughs> you, you need to pray for them, but here it is. Oh. And then we get home and we tell our family, we need to really pray for so and so because you'll never guess what happened to them or what they're doing. And we, we like it. Why? Because it, it, it's somehow it feeds this ugly side of who we are. We feel good about talking bad about others. But those words bring death. We're speaking negativity over the people's lives. We're we're drawing out the negative. But the other other side of it is also true. It says our, our, our lips also have the power to bring life. Words that build up and encourage and edify. Our words call the best. And again, we could probably also focus if we think back on our lives of people who spoke something positive over us, called something out in our they saw something in us and they spoke it over us, and those words transform. Each one of us in this room has ability to bring life or death by the words we choose to use. Think about it. You can make someone's job at the, the grocery store a joy or a real pain by your voice, by your words, by what you say, by why, how you handle what you're facing, what you're handling in in that situation. I've had to catch myself at moments, I don't know if you've had this problem, where you're a bit grumpy because of something else in life, and you face some other context that has nothing to do with what you're facing over here, and your response is highly negative, unduly so. And that person is receiving death from your lips, even though it's uncalled for. You see, we're called to guard what comes out. We're called to guard it. You see, no one can control your mouth but who? You. Me. I am the steward of this thing. Good, bad, or otherwise. I am the steward of this mouth. You see, listening, we can listen. That's a... You know, we, we, we stop talking, we listen, but speaking is, is something we are, we are speaking for something that, that continue to has, um, it's like a wavelength in, in sound. It has a ripple effect. And the words that we speak, even in private to people, have a ripple effect. Have a ripple effect in their thoughts and what they think about after they're with you. You see, words that bring life are words that Promote love, joy, peace. The words that God uh, speaks of God's purpose and plan, they're, they're prophetic. We can call life into dead situations by professing it. 
There's power in our profession, even over our own lives. You see, we have a choice in what we say. And, and again, the Holy Spirit is there to help us to guard what comes out of our mouths. You know, each one of us will have situations that we would have a default response mechanism as to how we normally communicate. But just because your family always communicated in a certain way doesn't mean that's God's way. Just because you are someone who always speaks their mind doesn't mean that's the right way before God. Just because this is your heritage doesn't mean that's what it means to honor the Lord with your mouth. And so for each one of us, this is a challenge, I believe, that we would reflect Him in our mouth. But the thing is, there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a catch to this whole thing, is because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, in some ways, it's like trying to tr- stop what happens downstream, when upstream there's a problem. Correct? If upstream there's a problem, you can try to control the effect where, where you're at with what's coming out, but you also need to say, okay, God, change what's upstream. So if, if my heart is, is right before God, and, and if I'm not dwelling on the negative, and if I'm not dwelling on that which is bringing death in my own thought process, then I'm less likely to speak it, because I'm not thinking it. But if I'm dwelling on that which is, is, is the, the wrong things, it's the negative things, I'm more likely to profess it because that's where my heart is. So I think when we start looking at guarding our hearts, it's also going back to what Ruth talked about in guarding our hearts. Guarding our speech is guarding our hearts. It, it's, it's interconnected. It's watching what we say and how we say it. Choosing carefully what we say. If you're honest, how would you... How would you write your speech on a daily basis? How would people around you, how are they affected when they're talking with you? We had heard uh, John Maxwell speak about being people, as far as the leadership, we watched a video of John Maxwell, and he talked to this principle of, of the elevator principle. And you can be someone who, when you get on their elevator, you start talking to them, they just lift you up. They're, they're positive. But then you can also be with people that always take you down. They have a down button, right? And John Maxwell talks about this in his, often he shares this. He, they have a down button. You, you start talking to them and they'll always make you lower. They'll take you lower because it's negative. We need to guard our hearts that we're bringing people up. That when we, we're with someone at the, again, at the grocery store, we're, we're dealing business, we're, we're at work. Actually, our speech always lifts people up. They feel encouraged because they've been with you. They feel like they can do it because they've been encouraged by what you've said, not pulled down below where they were before. The third thing, and the last thing we're going to look at this morning is, is Proverbs 51. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I want to read it again. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. There are times when it's not so much what you have said, but how you have said it that makes all the difference. How we say things can affect more than the content even of the message itself. Gentleness. 
You know, gentleness is, is a gift of the Spirit. And I think we can even be confronting difficult situations or in relationships can be tricky and, and sometimes we need to say something. We need to speak the truth, but it needs to come with love and in gentleness. That makes it palatable. But I think all of us have been in situations where someone says something that's just a bit abrupt, a bit rude, and that anger starts to come up in us. How many of you have been there? Hold on. Why are you talking to me like this? Parents probably can relate to this maybe more. Uh, I remember as a teenager, again, saying things to probably more my mom, my, my, I do wouldn't do it, my dad, because I know his response would probably, uh, I was probably more fearful of my dad than my, my mom. But I remember just being very curt with my answers to my mom. And hold, my mom, boom, you know, you do not talk to me this way. Uh, you, you do not respond to me this way. You see, our, our language, the gentleness needs to be evident in what we say. There are moments when someone says something just a bit difficult and our response to it always needs to be gentle. As believers, there should be gentleness about our speech. It doesn't mean that we're a doormat for everyone around us and we don't speak. Even Jesus took authority in situations and, and challenged people. But we see a gentleness about Christ in who he was, his demeanor. Our words can be a fuel for a fire or conflict or it can be an extinguisher. You know, you and I are called to be peacemakers, not fire starters. Okay? And I, I, yeah, we want the fire of the Holy Spirit, but not the fire of arguments. And there are some people, I think, again, we can say the wrong thing in the wrong way and just inflame a situation that does not need to be inflamed. Oh, may our speech be gentle. And as believers, I, again, no matter your personality, you might be an outspoken person, but may your words be gentle. The Holy Spirit softens our speech. So we say things in a way that reflect the heart of God. I found also, you know, we have a business, as I've mentioned in the past, and I found that customers that are very rude and aggressive, I want to do the very opposite to what they're asking. Right? You're talking to me rude? No. Sorry? We're not going to do it. Actually, you're no longer a customer of ours. Congratulations. We're not going to do any work for you now. Because we know if you're rude to us, you're going to be rude to the technicians. So no, I'm sorry, mate. You're, we're not going to, how can we not do work for you? Because you're rude. However, someone can come and be very kind, gentle, but, you know, they're requesting something that's out of the normal. But because of their approach, they're gentle about the request. Sure. We'll make it happen. You're a nice person. We would like to do work with nice people. As believers, do you know what? Sometimes we're walking, we're wanting to walk people, sorry, we're wanting to take people on a journey to follow the Lord and, and become more like Him. But if our words say the very opposite, if our words are abrasive in how we say things, they're never going to want to follow you as you follow Christ because that's rude. But if you're gentle and if you choose your words wisely and if you are at moments don't say anything, when they're expecting you to say something, but wisdom is to say nothing at all. You know, they say, you know what, I want what you've got because your speech, there's something about what you say. It changes the atmosphere. The Holy Spirit can help us to be gentle. Wisdom is knowing what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. That is wisdom. That we can only get from God. 
And so I believe when we look at the book of Proverbs, you know, there's lots of wisdom for all sorts of things, but our speech can get us into trouble. Our speech can undo relationships, but our speech can also bring life. It can bring goodness. It can, it can bring closeness with others. You know, there's things that we can say in situations that will change everything. So in closing, I, I want to encourage you to just think about where your speech is at. I can only give an account for my life. And there are moments I, I have felt the Holy Spirit check me, check my spirit, saying, you shouldn't have said that. Be gentle, Tyler. Don't say anything at all. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I don't think that's a word from God, so I speak anyways. I'm not gentle. And I then pay the consequences of all of those things. Because I think, who's that? I don't like that voice. I listen to the other voice. He says, be angry. Be rude. We're representatives of the Lord. And I believe our speech should reflect the Lord more and more and more as time goes on. That when people talk to me, it should be like talking to Jesus. And they talk to you, it should be like talking to Jesus. What would Jesus say in this moment? Or would he say anything at all? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.